All right, welcome back to Open to Truth, uh, a podcast all about exploring big ideas and discovering truth together. My name's Clinton. Hey, I'm Tony. And that's a little bit new, a mission statement. Yeah, we have a tagline now. Right, thought yeah. that'd be helpful. Yeah, that's what we're all about. And just a couple weeks ago, we were sitting on my back deck, planning out, kind of like relaunching this for a season two. Yeah. And came up with that mission statement, think it captures it. But also, I think... At least I went through a bit of a little existential crisis in terms of the podcast, like what exactly it is that we're doing here. Yeah. And I just don't know if we've ever made that super clear. Yeah. What's um, the value that we're hoping to bring to the table? Right. Yeah. Because it's not necessarily, by any means, a teaching podcast. Like, I'm coming to, here's the exact right way to think about something, and you ought to believe what I believe. Right. And I will be the first to admit that, like, I'm not an expert maybe in any field. I don't consider myself an expert. You know what I mean? But I do like to think critically. And, and I you're, think, a mu- you're a musician and you know about sound design. Is that I the do, right word? Yeah, I know about those things. Okay. But I, I still don't know if I put myself in expert category. But either way, even as in some of these arenas, you know, uh, as a layperson, there's value that happens from conversation. Um, and you and I have had the kind of relationship where through conversation we find ourselves hopefully like iron sharpening iron getting a little bit closer to discovering what the heck this is all about and and how we should think about the world and um and what truth is so uh i don't need to be an expert to for our conversations to be valuable so yeah it's not a teaching podcast where we just like lay out here's how you should think about x we're ideally trying to play devil's advocate for each other and like knock over each other's arguments to make them stronger you know so yeah. yeah, and it's also not a obviously, look at the room we're in. We're not we're not at a a big scientific conference presenting a research paper of like big data and that kind of evidence to back up a position. Right. Hopefully like part of the search for truth might involve that at some point. Like you're just scouring good journals. Right. Data and stuff. is useful for right. sure. Yeah. But like I don't have all of that like in my brain right now that I could just recall any given moment. I do have the most powerful tool known to man, the internet to find things. And if I look in the right places, but I think there's something about just, yeah, the value of critical thinking of philosophy that we can use at a 30,000 foot level to get a grip on certain big areas of life. Yeah. And so I think as we were sitting on the back deck, we kind of came up like, is this a philosophy podcast? Now, we're not running through, like, step-by-step step, all the core, uh, like, sub-disciplines of philosophy and going totally in-depth. Have we talked about modus ponens and tollens? I don't think you so. You know, it's not yeah. like a formal philosophy podcast. What I, I think one of my hopes is that it's, like, philosophy for the everyman. Hmm. You know, like, you're a, you are a trained philosopher, wrapping up your dissertation, and and yeah. soon you will be Dr. Neptune. Wow. Um a philosopher. I am not. I'm absolutely a layperson who just likes to think about big ideas and wants to be a critical thinker and think carefully. And so, yeah, you've helped me in that because you bring that that formal training mm-hmm. to help me sharpen my thoughts. And, and hopefully, you, I you can, bring me down to earth. I hope a hopefully, bit. I can distill you for the average <laughs> yeah. man. Yeah. I start to get carried away, and you're like, whoa, 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 <laughs> take a step back. Yeah, what's the everyman interpretation? Of yeah, that? exactly, exactly. We want to make philosophy accessible, I guess. Right. And so to that end, I would love to do just a little, it doesn't have to be the longest episode ever, but a 
yeah, a primer, at least on what I take philosophy to be all about. Mm -hmm. Now, there's sharp disagreement, of course, in (laughs) philosophy about what exactly the discipline is and it's trying to do. Yeah. But at least I can share my perspective or like the school of thought I was trained in. And yeah, hopefully that provides some context for some of the other discussions we have. Brilliant. So I don't know what a good launching point would be, but I imagine defining the word philosophy is generally a good place to start. Sure. In the discipline of philosophy, defining our terms is a good place to start. Yeah. I have three different um, areas I want to explore here, three different ways that I think of philosophy. Mm -hmm. One is philosophy as a way of life, philosophy as a discipline, like as it's studied in academia, when you sign up in the little fat... Phil 304. Yeah, what, what's Phil? What yeah, am I doing here? Yeah, yeah. And uh, philosophy as a skill. Yeah. Uh, and maybe one and three overlap, but and one philosophy as a way of life. I'm just launching from the straight definition or the etymology of that word. Sure. Which comes from the Greek yep. phileo, meaning love, and sophia, meaning wisdom. So philosophy is a love of wisdom. Yeah. And, man, there's a lot to be said about this. I don't want to belabor it too hard, but we've done other podcasts both here and this other one we do through our church on the intellectual virtues. Mm -hmm. You can go read more about what all of those are. I recommend it. But basically those are all ways of expressing your love for the truth, being curious, being open-minded, being thorough, being courageous and changing your view when the time comes. Uh, poise not to get too to be kind of a serene sea honest yeah Yeah, all of that so i think yeah the the philosopher should be the champion and the ultimate practitioner of the intellectual virtues to be leading the way for the rest of the disciplines to follow suit it's a way of life it's a way i carry myself that as i encounter new information and even things that challenge my status quo that I am all the way pursuing and loving wisdom and understanding. And yeah, when you say wisdom, loving wisdom, we mean right thinking, correct thinking, careful thinking, all of the above. Yeah, wisdom is more than just truth. Yeah. It's uh, because that's different. A love for truth, I think, is part of it. But wisdom is going the extra step to where I am now going to live it out. I view huh. wisdom as truth lived. Wow. Did uh, you come up with that? No, I've no, heard that okay. along the way. I like it. Uh, I but I'm, And I'm also equating wisdom and understanding. A lot of times those overlap, like even in the Christian scriptures. Yeah. Um, so it seems yeah. like then philosophy is, um, is almost like a, I don't know if this is right to say, like a meta discipline, but it's something that has value in every arena of life. And the other disciplines, I think about, And I guess you'd have this, like philosophy of religion and philosophy of science. Like science is a discipline unto itself, but very helpful if you marry it with philosophy. Like it's one thing to collect data. We're going to get there. We're going to get there. No, no, you're fine. You're absolutely right. That's the next area I want to go. Philosophy as a discipline. I think your point to the way of life, at least in in, uh, definition one as a way of life, I want everyone to be philosophers. In the second sense as philosophy, philosophy as a discipline, I don't need everyone to be a philosopher. In fact, that'd be atrocious. Yeah. Our world would be far worse off. Okay, well, <laughs> okay then. Before we get to philosophy as a discipline then, is there, why? Why should I live a life as a philosopher? Why should it be a way of life? Is there a, 
is there suffering I experience that philosophy promises to solve? Is my life better? Just it goes better for me if I think carefully about things or good. Uh, what's your elevator pitch for every man becoming a philosopher? I do want to say ultimately it is a ethics question, which is what we'll get to in a moment. It's a subdiscipline in philosophy. But you have figures throughout the history of philosophy saying really cool stuff about this way of life. Yeah. So one of the first things you might read in an intro to philosophy class is Plato's Apology. Mm-hmm. And it's uh, the key figure is Socrates. And he's put on trial for corrupting the youth and yeah. getting him the question, these traditional uh, mores like ju- uh, justice and um, yeah, and what is the good. And so, and he, he's just pushing on the status quo. Yeah. And at one point in his trial, he's, he says the famous line, the unexamined life is not worth living. Now, mm. that's not a proof for my position. That itself is a philosophical claim that should be assessed. Yeah. But as I dwell on that and meditate on that, it, it might be a little bit hyperbolic. Like, I don't think you should kill yourself just because you're not thinking critically. Yeah. Yeah. Um, like, no, you can. The, the the goal is then to examine one's life, not to end one's life. <laughs> right, yeah. right, right. That's what he's hoping to push <laughs> yeah. people towards. Right, yeah. <laughs> and so, yeah, that's what he's calling the youth of Athens, too, is, hey, don't just accept something as dogma, as something received from the past. Those are valuable. Tradition is good. But freshly examine them. Mm. And that's going to lead to a life that, again, it seems a little bit circular maybe, but is stepping into those intellectual virtues and I think that's what constitutes a good life to some extent. Man, just as you say that, the what kind of comes to mind is that there's like a freedom to be found in that, mm-hmm. um, in not necessarily needing to accept every bit of dogma that's thrown your way, but being able to at least hold those things kind of before the mind and assess them. There's some freedom in not feeling compelled to to swallow everything hook, line, and sinker. So I can imagine that the the examined life is perhaps a more free life in some ways. Um, Yeah. And I don't mean to besmirch maybe more Eastern cultures that are more communitarian and less individualistic. So mm -hmm. where tradition might be more highly valued and we don't want to, I think the pushback would be don't throw away custom and tradition. So willy nilly. And I'm not trying to say that at all. Yeah. Yeah. Just as the mere claim, it ought to be questioned question everything in a sense yeah um, is a at least socrates is saying that's a healthy part of a a worthy life uh mm. you also have uh emmanuel kant mm-hmm. uh he remarks that hume this other philosopher awoke him from his dogmatic slumber wow and i love that line yeah man. um that's crazy. That, just that imagery of being asleep in dogma mm-hmm. and that something that someone wrote down kind of jolted, jolted him out, out of yeah. that like oh wait i i didn't even think to question that assumption yeah um so that's what wow. the philosopher's task is in a way and the way that that person when trained and and by uh, moving about in that way just lives the life of a questioner waking of, people up mm-hmm. wow and you don't want to be like arrogant and a prick about it yeah. which happens all the time i mean yeah. Oh, there's, my goodness. Yeah. There's a deficiency in philosophical departments and training on actually training people to be good people. Right. We give them the skills 
to beat everyone in an argument intellectually but not beat people down humility yeah uh, right yeah which is sad that is the case (laughs) so we don't i don't know if philosophy always gets the best reputation well i hope that we can change that with this podcast (laughs) (laughs) so is that good for like the way of life yeah picture i think so so in that sense i want everyone to be a philosopher regardless of your profession to be stepping into the way of life of philosophy can i maybe just press on you a little bit Mm -hmm. you said question everything is that how is that different from being a skeptic or is it the same we ought to be skeptics to a degree but maybe not even that word admit you could go through a whole another list of three or four things that sometimes means yeah there's the position of skepticism where i'm I'm actively holding the belief, perhaps, that a certain realm of study doesn't offer us knowledge. So let's say uh, I'm skeptical about the external world, right? which says either I don't believe that it exists or I don't know if it exists. Yeah. Um, but I, what I mean by question everything That's not what you're and, advocating and for. skepticism at a broader level yeah. is just this willingness to not, uh, I guess, not be gullible. Yeah. Right, um, right. Not to accept um, a healthy degree of skepticism. Yeah, to you ought to believe things you have evidence for, mm-hmm. and you ought not believe things that you don't have evidence for. Yeah, okay. That's kind of the the thirty thousand foot view skeptical precept. Okay. Yeah, that's helpful. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the second way of thinking about philosophy that you were alluding to is philosophy as a discipline. Yeah. And again, this is this is a actual field of study that you can get degrees in. There's professors and courses you can take where you study, you know, and a discipline, what do we say that is? A a body of knowledge and skills that you can hone Mm -hmm. and you're an expert in an an area, let's say. Um, I don't know. Have you had, you've taken philosophy. Do you find um, that to be the case? Yeah. What did I take? I took, I at least took formal logic and really, really enjoyed it. Actually, that might be the favorite class I took in in college. Why is that? That's that's Um, interesting. It just as I was taking it, it was the kind of thing I wished I'd been taught in like elementary school. Yeah. You know, like mm-hmm. it was the first class that taught me how to think very carefully. It's like, oh, this would have been a great foundation for the last however, 15 years of thinking that I've done in school. You know, <laughs> yeah. could we start here with how to think carefully? Mm-hmm. Um, so I just found it really fun. This I like truth trees, truth tables and stuff like. Yeah. It's like a little game of Clue, you know? You, you can figure out what's true and what's false. Totally. If you think carefully enough about it. So that's one example of like a domain really uh, peculiar or unique to philosophy. Yeah. How I like to think of the discipline, and again, people are going to, other uh, traditions within philosophy will disagree with what I'm about to say, but I think it is attending to first things. Okay. okay. You're gonna- Distill that for the everyman. Yeah. First things are those ideas and aspects of reality and the human experience that are foundational, upon which you build everything else. Maybe the second thing. Like our basic assumptions that we all have, you mean? Or, or uh, they are they're logically prior, let's say. Okay. Before I can ask uh, what what is the color of the fur on a lion... Let's say yeah that uh, that whole sentence is based on a ton of other yeah assumptions about the world and you've already assumed a lot about first things like that there are lions yeah uh, Clinton that's ridiculous of course there's lions the philosopher nerd is questioning everything you've taken it too far yeah, yeah. 
Well, I mean, to our point earlier, like skepticism is a view about the external world, and there's powerful arguments yeah. about um, the reliability of the sense apparatus that you have, and so, uh, or you might get into metaphysics. Yeah. What is real? What does it mean to exist? Yeah. Uh, what What are properties and relations? Um, just understanding the basic building blocks of the world. Uh, so I view metaphysics, epistemology, those knowledge questions. Or define epistemology for people, yeah. Yeah, the uh, just the study of knowledge. Mm-hmm. So basically, any claim in any of the disciplines that you all are majors or minors in, yeah. or if you didn't go to college, your trade, you know, I, I know that this wattage of bulb goes in the socket. Well, okay, that's great. I believe you. Yeah. <laughs> but my job is to understand what we mean by the word no. Yeah. yeah. And... Yeah. How we know things, what it means to know something. Right. That's epistemology. So that's a that's a second thing. Yeah. If you will, or third or fourth, this wattage of light bulb. Yeah. The first thing is, yeah. What do we what mean? What do we even mean by knowing? Yeah. Right. And this is again, I'm, I am not advocating that everyone be a philosopher as a discipline. Right. Because then we won't get our light bulb screwed. We in. need people to spend time <laughs> letting the philosophers handle knowledge, and we'll look at the light bulbs. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. I think so. Right. Um, so, and a part of how this happened was, I kind of am of the opinion that every discipline had its roots in philosophy. So if you go back and you read the pre-Socratic philosophers like Thales and Parmenides and Heraclitus and then up through, then you get Plato, Pivotal Moment, and Aristotle and onward, I mean, they are doing primitive physics and biology and chemistry um, and some of these other like STEM fields. That's all happening in these classic philosophical works like the, or political science. Well, they're trying to make sense of the world through, through conversation, through experimentation, observation, you get Mm -hmm. the sciences out of that. Um, So so there's like disagreement about if Aristotle were alive today, would he uh, teach in the philosophy department or the biology department? Right. I don't know. That's yeah. a good question. But because it was so murky back then, this separation of disciplines, everyone was a philosopher essentially, or a politician, or a tradesman. Yeah. Right. <laughs> Do you think it's helpful now that the disciplines have been more separated, or that at least that philosophy maybe has been separated out from? I'm just going to keep using this example of say, say, um, yeah. chemistry, yeah, and philosophy. And I could see on the one hand, like the chemist maybe is really good at doing experiments, gathering data, but to draw conclusions from that data, do they need to lean on philosophy? They do. This is, um, yeah, it's something lamentable about the modern university, I think. Mm. Um, just like for those of you that are in the business world or church world, there's this effect that's sometimes known as siloing. Mm where you can get, um, as you start to diversify your staff and your areas of expertise, it's easy to stop communicating with other departments. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and that's why interdisciplinary conferences and initiatives are so important because we can learn so much from each other. I want my chemists to be thinking about philosophy and I want my philosophers to be thinking about chemistry. And how do these all these disciplines help build a well-rounded worldview. Yeah. Uh, so when you say, was it good that they separated? Yes, in the sense yes that... No. Um, so, so for instance, I'm of the... I'm throwing out a lot of opinions, I guess. Yeah, but. that's what we do here. 
But I take science broadly considered to be operating on the method, uh, the um, the principle of methodological naturalism. Yeah, that we are going to pursue our scientific endeavors as though there's not gods and angels Speaky making things move around. Right. Yeah. Why is this microphone working? Well, if I'm a scientist, I don't want to appeal to God right away. I'd like to figure out. <laughs> Is there anything about my observable world that's... That could make sense of this. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so I'm glad that that's a discipline that functions on that somewhat arbitrary methodology. Yeah. They've truncated the tools available to their whole human yep. experience yep. to get at specific data points. And it's yep. produced a lot of good that's in the world. Really powerful tool. You know? Yeah. <laughs> uh, philosophy does not... I, I mean, it shouldn't be following that precept that methodology yeah it should be open to both naturalism and supernaturalism because it's a first thing we're taking a full step back yeah um so it's both a good and bad it's good in that i'm glad that the the other disciplines truncated and are more focused and specialized yeah but it's bad and that i think siloing happens all the time and how often do you how often do you hear a business professor um sit down with a philosophy professor and come together on how to teach their students well. Right. You know, right, that doesn't right. happen. So, uh, so I view, um, let's just do a quick little dive for those that might be interested, like sub disciplines in philosophy. Like you brought up logic. Yeah. That's something pretty unique that you're going to find in a philosophy department. Uh, metaphysics. We already talked about that. Like what is reality? What does it mean to exist? Yeah. Epistemology, studying knowledge and then ethics. What is the good? Mm. What does it mean to be valuable? What is the good life? Yeah. Um, you know, uh, and then from there, I view those as the fundamental first things. And then I get some sub disciplines like philosophy of fill in the blank, philosophy of science, philosophy of history, yep. philosophy of physics, um, philosophy of journalism. And in that sense, it is asking those first things questions about our existing disciplines. Okay. So you can't even, in my opinion, like, again, as a logical priority, you can't go about the business of the discipline of science without answering the philosophy of science questions. For instance, yeah. how do you know if an experiment uh, garners you data that maps onto the world? Um, what yeah. does it mean to have a good data set? I mean, those are you're now asking questions of value and knowledge that are outside the scope of science. Yeah. And you can do that for all the disciplines. Run through those four again. You said ethics, epistemology, metaphysics, metaphysics and logic. And logic. I view those as the um, the most fundamental yeah. areas. Yeah. And then the sub disciplines like philosophy of science and history and philosophy philosophy of religion are all, you know, taking filaments out of each of those four. Yeah. Bad so rock. when it comes to this podcast and the purpose of it, if we say we're sort of distilling philosophy for the everyman, it seems like philosophy could be su a super broad topic or at least could touch on virtually every topic you can imagine. It ought. It ought to. Yeah. <laughs> it ought to. Right. right. So as we get into topics this season, I don't, I don't want to make any promises necessarily, but like <laughs> voting or organ donation. Yeah. And AI or something like yeah, that. Yeah, what have you. There's totally like there's science to look at and data and trends and sociology. What are people doing? Are they signing are they signing up to donate donate their organs? Yeah. Those are great things to wonder and about. And also we're not scientific experts by any means. No, no. So I have a BA in biology, which is one of the weirdest degrees you can have <laughs> instead of a BS. Yeah. Uh 
but yeah, there's a lot of philosophical content to get to in all of those arenas. There's philosophical questions to ask about these four fundamental areas. And that's what we're hoping to do. Yeah. Yeah. And what I'm hoping to do is this philosophy as a third different thing. And that's philosophy as a skill, mm. um, which is similar to the way of life. But I think there's a an actual skill set that one acquires when you study philosophy. And that is, I guess, critical thinking, reading well, writing well. I think most, I mean, you'd want a well-adjusted philosopher, not one of the arrogant prick ones. Yeah, yeah. Um, hopefully I'm not one of them, maybe at times. But I think you'd want, they make great additions to your teams wherever you are in your workplace mm-hmm. uh, because they're they're really good at finding out what the problem is with an idea or a plan and are usually tasked with finding a creative solution to solve that problem. Yep. So, for instance, I mean, I have a few, like, dorky data points to bring up. Please. But, like, uh, philosophy outperforms every other major when it comes to GRE scores. Right. Um, I did not know that. Yeah, so you could economics, engineering, math, English, and literature, any every major yeah. philosophy outperforms by a significant amount. I think just by, better critical thinking, or well, what? I mean, this is the data point. Then, what? How do you explain it? Yeah. Um, now I haven't taken the GRE. It's math and stuff, right? Or uh, there's verbal, writing, and qu- uh, qualitative, quantitative, and verbal. Okay. Reading. Yep. Math and writing yeah yeah okay which is interesting that uh we tie with the mathematics major on quantitative right which is surprising because we're not doing these equations all the time but it's from that logic which is fascinating to me that you can sub out like a a logic class for a math class and get credit Mm -hmm. for both for most universities because i didn't love math but i did love logic i don't know go figure i don't know what to tell you i'm a words person i need word stories uh so that's one benefit of flaunt. That's showing you that, oh, wait, this isn't just somebody uh, like twiddling their thumbs on a couch uh, right. wondering about if they're, if chairs are real. Yeah. You know? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, pre- obviously, this has led to a significant skill where they can outperform all these other hard sciences and yeah. different like traditionally valuable fields like finance and accounting. Um philosophy majors have a better chance of getting into med school huh? by about like 10 or 12%. I can link some of these in the show notes. Um, I mean, basically uh, I think in, I think for business, the, I think the GMAT it is and the LSAT for law is yeah. in the top three. Yeah. And outperform like in the GMAT, which is for business, it outperforms economics and accounting and finance. Wow. So, which is odd. Yeah. You know? Yeah, that's <laughs> it's, wild. It's startling. What what would you recommend for somebody who you've sold them at least on like the way of life? Maybe they're not going to pursue it academically, but it's mm-hmm. like, oh, philosophy for years has been a word I found too boring, but you know what? Maybe I should start to think more critically about things. Is there any, do you have any recommended reading like entry level philosophy that they're not just going to get bogged down in something super dry and academic? Have there been any great intro to philosophy books that you're aware of? Or maybe this podcast is the best resource out there? I think in this time that we live in with podcasting, that yeah. that's an easier starting point than reading. Come just, along for the ride this just season. Just straight up reading is a little bit more challenging. Yeah. So if you're looking for the lowest common denominator. One other aspect I wanted to point out, and I think it helps answer this question, 
is I think we've gone through like the what, the why, yeah. and now you're asking about the how. Yeah. And my my perspective on this is philosophy is not meant to be done individually. It's meant to be done in community. Hmm. So hopefully this is modeling some of that. Yeah. Like we're sitting here philosophizing about philosophy yep. and asking questions of value about this. Um, so I think a great starting place would be to find, I mean, I don't know if your town has it, but a local chapter that's going through a certain philosophical book or, hey, I'm almost certain if you contacted your nearest university, the department, there's different colloquiums and book clubs coming along and people would love to sit down and go through something with you. In fact, I just uh, on Facebook saw that one of my contacts through you know time in academia, academia posted like, hey, we're going to read this book together. Just let me know if you want to and we'll hop in a Zoom call and, and have chat an hour long it. chat about it each week until we're done. And I thought like, oh, that's so cool. I don't see that happening very often. I'd love to be a part of that and sharpen my skills again. And yeah. I was planning on reading this book, but I'd rather do it with some other people because what I get is I get their valuable insight. I'm able to see criticisms and ideas that I would not have picked up on. Yeah. Back to that idea of like a philosopher making a valuable addition to your team. Yeah. When there's more of them around, you get more um, input there on how to improve your own thinking. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, I would recommend finding a group. As for like an individual podcast or book, hopefully this is helpful to a certain extent. I mean, we're not often getting into the first things. Right. Explicit, like we're not doing really deep dives into epistemology. No. And I wouldn't even recommend you start there. Like yeah. Whatever discipline that you found most interesting in school, uh, start there. Find a philosophy of that. whatever, history. Yeah. And dive in there. Use that as a launching point. And you'll start to familiarize yourself with yeah, the first things, if yeah, you will. Right on. Yeah, I like this idea of it happening in community. Um, I, again, that's certainly what has been so one of the things that's been so valuable about our conversations and relationship has been the way your thinking sharpens my thinking, and hopefully vice versa. Um, and I guess that's how, I mean, that's how it kind of was in Athens, right? They'd sit around talking in groups all day about the latest ideas and trying to make sense of stuff. It's just, it's tough to be an armchair philosopher on an island and yeah. and be aiming at truth and with nobody to bounce your ideas off and of. And even if you are in that, if you feel like you're in that situation of not physically, literally on an island, but yeah. maybe socially. Yeah. Um, you know what? I was, as I'm sitting here thinking about it, what if you just pulled out a pen and paper and just try to jot down, like, what are some fundamental questions that you find yourself asking? Mm-hmm. Just as you sit there, try to stir up your curious mind and like, yeah, what does it mean to think? Like I'm thinking right now. Yeah. What, what is thinking? Or what? I, Yeah. I, I think at the very least, something that maybe we um, are all, a question that we're all asking, even if it's subconscious or we don't give much conscious attention to it is like, what am I aiming at in life and why? Mm-hmm. Like, where am I headed and why? And what should I aim at? That's very Those much are, a philosophical question. And it's yeah. super practical. Like that we're all headed somewhere. We're moving from A to B all the time. Why? And and where should you head and why? And then and now you might be thinking, but I don't know the answer to that. Like, isn't I want to find this established body of knowledge that, that will, will give tell me. me. That. <laughs> ah, that's that's what makes philosophy different from the other disciplines too, is that 
there's not necessarily this accruing body of truth. I think there are certain discoveries. That's what I was going to say. Yeah. Do, do, are there discoveries in the discipline of philosophy? And what was the most recent one? If you oh, just man. sit there and think hard enough, you'll discover something. Is that true? Um, yeah, well, so usually how this crops up is there will be a long-standing argument yep. that no one has been able to find a flaw in. Yeah. And it goes on for however long, decades or centuries. And then a thinker comes along and is like, well, no, I can disprove that argument in this way. Yeah. And then everyone's like, oh, and the convers- right. And the conversation moves forward. Yeah. Right. So for a long time, there is this uh, uh, argument, like the problem of evil, the logical problem of evil, that yep. there's something logically incoherent about saying that uh, God is good, all good, God is all powerful, and evil exists. Yeah. That those are somehow logically contradictory. For the longest time, that was a successful argument to a lot of people. And then along com- comes this guy, Alvin Plantiga, yeah. who uh, comes up with the free will defense. Yeah. And and that's been touched on throughout the history of philosophy, but he was the first one to really to formalize it. Yeah, yeah. And do it clearly. And everyone's like, oh, yeah, you're right. <laughs> <laughs> So there's things like that that yeah. happen all over the place. That's cool. Yeah. yeah. Well, any other questions from you about the philosophical life? I, I guess this is maybe this is just more an intellectual virtues thing, but I wonder I wonder what you say to convince somebody who doesn't give a rip. Like I imagine that mm. there's folks out there who are just like, I don't have time for that. Like I'm, I don't care about thinking deeply about how I know things. It's not interesting to me. I, you know, I'm, uh, I have other pursuits that are... What other pursuits? Shopping. Babes. I don't know. You know, like, I don't want to spend my time sitting there thinking critically. Is there anything that we could say to well, sort of... No, I would use that as a launching point. Oh, okay. That's kind of what I meant earlier. Yeah. Like, what are you currently interested in? Yeah. And then think of philosophy of that. So you're interested in babes. <laughs> okay, well, this is an area of philosophy <laughs> called aesthetics. What does it mean to be beautiful? Yeah. So you like, presumably, like some babes and not other ones. So... <laughs> You know, what, yeah. what is it about those babes that you like and why do you like that? Is there, are you, is there the property beautiful in that one, but not in this one? Mm. Is beauty okay. subjective or objective? You can get really quickly into philosophy. Off he goes. Off he goes. Or what was the other one? Um, shopping. Yeah. Okay. That's super easy. Like, uh, what kind of things do you buy? Why don't you buy the other ones? Yeah. Is there something not as good about them or valuable? Yeah. Uh, what? How ought you be spending money? Do you think there's any rules at all to how someone should use their finances? Yeah, I mean, you can get into ethics with literally anything that you find interesting. Oh, that's good. Yeah, that was a fantastic response. That's okay. good. That's good. You've converted me. I'm interested in philosophy. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, that's that's basically all I had. Sweet. Um, yeah. Thanks for listening. And uh, I would love, I would absolutely love to hear if someone has this whole other way of thinking about philosophy and that i'm totally off my yeah. rocker yeah yeah <laughs> i'd love to hear about that that'd be um, great but yeah hopefully you found this helpful i'd love to also to hear stories about if you were not interested in philosophy if this helped you and like what you started reading as a result yeah um or if at least maybe it became a little less intimidating yeah that would be great uh what would really help us would be if you shared it on social media mm-hmm. or um subscribed and liked and tell your friends about it. Yeah, we want to keep the conversation going. And like we genuinely want a conversation with you as well. Yeah. Like that would make us so happy. That if would. you were asking questions and adding your two cents, we want to interact. That's the whole point of philosophy is that we can that it happens in community. 
So um, as we touch on different topics, some of them might be controversial, who knows, but um, certainly yeah. throughout this season, we're going to touch on a, a wide array of topics. would love to hear from you on that. Yeah, so as we're moving forward too, like mm. be have a critical ear for like, oh, are, are Clint and Tony really bringing up all the important philosophical points? Yeah. Because we're not always going to be like straight line philosophy. We're going to be talking about current events and topical issues, right. but... Yeah, have a have a ear for that. Like, oh, they they missed this. If part. we miss stuff, tell us. And yeah. then write in. Yeah, yeah, yeah that'd be, be wonderful. Great. That'd be great. All right, we'll see you next time. All right, see ya.